Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining another episode of Turning Pain into Purpose. It's your girl, Cass, and I am so excited to have one of my belong group sisters, bro. Like, she's my sis, my friend, maybe possibly my bestie in my mind, um, hanging out with me today. So I'm going to give her a floor and allow her to introduce herself. Hi, so I'm Kalisha. What else you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Kalisha, to Turning Pain into Purpose. As you know, we always get the time, well, our time started by talking about the um, the highs and the lows of our weeks. Um, so I want to know what was your mountain, what was your, your valley um, since uh, maybe this week or maybe in the last two weeks? Okay, so we're doing the rose and the thorn. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll start with the bad. Um, my thorn of the week has been, it's actually been a good week, but I've had a little like sickness, I've had a little cough, and I didn't want to go stay at home COVID test, and it came back negative, thankfully, but it's just, I have this little raggedy cough, which is lingering. But I'm, I don't have COVID, so yeah. Um, my rose would be that today's my birthday and I turned 30. So, yeah, that's my rose. Okay. All right. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. 30 roses to be exact. Yeah. Thank Uh, you. Yeah. So, for me, I want to say my rose would be that last weekend I was in Arizona and I had a phenomenal time. I just got back on Monday. It was great to be in a better weather than what it is here in Delaware, um, mm-hmm. climbing mountains, trying new foods, um, going to see, I went to some, some lounge, I don't, I think, yeah, it's called Loy- Loyalty Lounge, and they had an amazing cover band, um, so it was just nice to be out and about, and I don't know about anybody else, but like when you're off of work, and you don't have a time schedule where it's like, I can wake up when I want. I can do this when I want. I can do that when I want. It is like the best feeling ever. I want to say my thorn is that like vacation is over. <laughs> <laughs> vacation vacation is over. And um, it is currently raining here in Delaware. And I'm just like not feeling it. Um, I want to see some palm trees very soon. Um, I need some nice weather. Uh, I, I just need to change the scenery. So I'm already ready for vacation again. Um, and then also today I got um, my first COVID shot. Um, I definitely, for the vaccine, I definitely didn't ever think I was going to get it. But it's like the more places that I want to go, the more that they require it. So I got um, my first shot and my arm is very, very sore. So mm-hmm. I'm not too thrilled about that, but, um, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. So that's mm-hmm. how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. So you went to Arizona. What part of Arizona? I went to Phoenix. Okay. Uh, I spent some time in Phoenix. Um, I think it's called Tempe um, mm-hmm. and Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. I've heard of those places. And so you had a good time. That's good. Did you go by yourself or with friends or just like a so, getaway, a vacation? It was just maybe? a getaway. <laughs> it was a getaway and I had a great time um, just being there. It's just like such, I don't know, like just seeing the mountains was just so beautiful. 
and walking up the mountains, you know, and like trying the different food spots. And it's just being able to just, I don't know. And it was just like a sense of freedom. Like I'm just free to just do what I want, how I want, when I want. And it's just so cool to see like the different culture that other places have um, Mm. outside of where you live. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it was a good time. But today, guys, you are in for a treat. So, you know, we always have a topic that we want to talk about. And today we are talking about growing pains, the pain of having to grow up too early. Um, There are things in life that forces us beyond our control to have to have experiences that we rather not have. And today, Felicia and I are going to you know, talk about her experience. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my experience in hopes that this will help you in some way, shape, or form uh, to, uh, I guess, like to heal if you ever went through this. Um, and also, like, if you're a parent or you want to become a parent, um, that these are some of the things that ch- children may go through and how you can prevent your child from going through those things. So mm-hmm. um, Kalisha, I'm going to turn it to you because I want to know, tell us a little bit about like what you experienced like in, in your childhood up until, you know, this point. Um, so my childhood was very, I, I thought it was different from most actually. I thought at the time, I thought it was different from most. But now that I'm an adult, I actually know that uh, I've learned that it, it wasn't so different from a lot of people that I, you know, came to, you know, to know over the past years. Um, so I am the youngest out of four siblings, and we grew up in a very small town in Arkansas. Um, we were raised by my grandmother, and uh, my parents have been addicted to drugs my entire life. And so my childhood um, was very a little dysfunctional, um, a little isolated. Um, there was, I've always had a lot, I had a lot of emotions and feelings that I didn't know what to do with. Um, a lot of misplaced emotions and, um, there's a lot of struggle, a lot of sadness. I mean, there were good times too. Don't get me wrong. There were Mm -hmm. great times that I can look back at by my childhood, but, um, I just remember being very sad a lot yeah yeah um I can definitely um relate to that I am the oldest of five um but my, in my childhood my my younger sister didn't come till later on um but in my childhood the oldest of four and while all the times weren't bad um uh I mean all the times weren't yeah all the times weren't bad there were some good times but it's so funny like the things that you remember is like the bad things, the things mm-hmm. that like I took know. you through all this unnecessary pain. And um, the times that I can really vividly remember are the times where I was very sad, where I felt like um, I wasn't valued, mm-hmm. uh, where I felt like um, my childhood was robbed of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, growing up, I kind of felt like I see everybody else's experience as a kid. And I'm like, how come I don't have that experience? You know, like, how come I'm not going to the school dance? How come I'm not spending a night at my friend's house? Like, 
how come I'm not having these experiences that everyone else gets to experience? And uh, it's crazy. Uh, I think, I forget who I was talking to, but they asked me like, I think we were like playing like, you know, those like cards that ask you questions. And it was something like, tell me about your favorite memory of your childhood. And I could not think of anything. And, and everything that came to me was something that was bad and hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why we're like that. That's a, that's I I'm I've been on this journey of like self-discovery and I've I've learned a lot along the way. Um I still have a lot of questions. Um I think I, for me I remember the first time I had a, like a sign of depression was literally at my kindergarten graduation. Like I literally remember wow. being sad and crying and depressed at what five? How are you when you graduate kindergarten? Five or six? Yeah. Um, I remember that um, I was sad because all of my my classmates, their parents were there, like their mom and their dad, and it was like my grandmother there, and it was like I know, like that, was like uh, where's like where's my mom? And the household I grew up in, um, it was just a lot of things that weren't talked about. Like I never, I don't know how I know that my mom was on drugs. That was never a conversation that someone sat down and had with me. Um, so that was yeah, that was one thing. Another thing, um that I always think about was like so my grandmother she actually was a registered nurse and but she um you know stopped her career when she had to take on us and so while I we kind while, while we grew up in like poverty so to speak I never actually felt that because you know there's all these different organizations that give to low-income families so we were always in some sort of you know we were the recipients of some sort of you know organization so we always had the best clothes, like the best shoes. Like we always, we always looked nice. People thought we had money. Like we always looked nice. And I just remember like on Christmas day, um, like we would write, like, well, for Christmas, we would write out a list and um, I would get every single thing I wanted off that list. And I still wasn't happy. So that's, that's like the main thing I remember about my childhood is just having everything, having all the material things that I wanted, but still feeling so empty inside. Yeah, um, I think like I'm trying to think about Christmas. I think the best Christmas that I can think of is when we moved from New York to Delaware and we joined this church that was on the same block mm -hmm. of our new home. Mm -hmm. And um, that Christmas, like I think like maybe every member or every family came knocking on our door Christmas Eve with presents and like filled up underneath our Christmas tree. And I think like that is the, that is the Christmas that I remember where I felt like I'm, I'm seen, I'm loved, I'm cared mm -hmm. about, I'm valued. Um, but that is the only thing. And I think at that time I might've been like 10, um, but that is the only thing I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. It's crazy when I think about talking to you, like I don't remember Christmas. <laughs> I yeah. don't remember Christmas. I don't remember having a lot of toys. Um, I feel like we were in an okay position where mm. we didn't have too little, but we didn't have too much, but we we didn't have all the latest stuff that people had, right? Mm. I kind of felt, I remember like going to school and kind of feeling like uh, I don't fit in Mm -hmm. um and it's just crazy like I remember going to come to school in Delaware the first time I went to school in Delaware and I think that was elementary school 
and um, just feeling like I don't feel fit in with um, with the African American culture uh, because I don't have the things that they have, mm. and I felt like I would be more accepted by Caucasians, and um, and so I try to like I tend to like gravitate there and do things that they were interested in because I didn't see them wear the type of clothes that African-Americans were wearing. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it kind of looks like they don't really care about, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they don't really yeah. care. The brands, the, the Jordan. The brand, exactly. They don't really yeah. care about the brands. And so I feel like I will be more accepted. Um, yeah. And that's hurtful to think about and, and to say, say out loud. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I get it. I get that a hundred percent. Yeah. So I know you have like a unique story we were talking about that offline about like your birth certificate and things of that nature can you Mm -hmm. like tell us a little bit about that yeah so um when I was let's see okay so I actually never considered going to college when I was like a teenager I, I was like you know how like when you're in high school you know you're taking certain classes AP courses you want your GPA to be high as it can be you know you're going on college tours I never thought about that like that was not my goal like my goal was to make it through the day like to make sure I have something to eat you know make sure I can just make it through the day so when I got pregnant I got pregnant with my son when I was 16 and so um once I got pregnant with him I started thinking about a future of course I'm like now I got this little baby I feel like I had a purpose to live for. So um, I remember getting with my, my, I had a social worker my entire, up until I was 18, I had a social worker. That's the thing. But um, I remember speaking with her and um, she was helping me apply for all these different like scholarships that are available to uh, use that's in the foster care system. And I remember um, something, I, I needed my original birth certificate for something. I don't remember what it was for. I think to get my driver's license maybe or something. I think that's what it's for. And all I ever had was a copy and I never even looked at the copy. So I had to be like 17 years old. And I finally, um, I was talking to my caseworker. I'm like, well, could you help me get uh, my original birth certificate? And, and I looked at the copy and I was like, all I have is this. And um, the first and the middle name is blank. It, um, the only, only thing that's on it, it says Smith and it has my birthday. And so the time I was born in my mother's name and that was it. And I was just like, this is crazy. And so I remember talking to my caseworker and she was saying, um, we have, we have to apply for like an amended birth certificate. Like even the, the birth certificate that she was able to give me my original, it's like a two page birth certificate. It's so crazy. So like the first page has like where my first and middle name would be added. And then the second page is like the full birth certificate where it would have like, you know, my full name and stuff. And I remember she, I remember her asking me like, cause my whole name is like Kalisha Kiana Smith. And my, I remember her asking me, well, where did you even get the name from? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, this is like, this is the name I have. And I remember when I was younger, my mom actually told me one day, she was like, you're, you're at, you've actually been spelling your middle name wrong. It's supposed to be K-I. I was just like, girl, if it was something on the birth certificate, we would have known that, but um, you missed the mama's, <laughs> you, you just skipped out, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, like that, like one, like in me, I'm the type of person, when something happens, it takes a while for it to actually resonate with me, and for me to actually process it, and so once I actually process, like having a blank birth certificate, 
it just opened up this whole other like jar of like feelings of like abandonment and like rejection and it was just like yeah so yeah that's that yeah I, um one I'm sorry I had experienced that and two like my mind just goes like crazy because I'm like well how did you ever get registered to go to school with like just just the last name um it's amazing um it, it makes me think of like my father um he I you know I've been talking to him and and he was trying to figure out like his birth certificate and where it's at and he's in his 60s and they are literally telling him like they have no record of him at all and he's like well how did I get a driver's license how do I get a job how did I go to school they're like we cannot find you we there is no birth certificate for you and that is blows my mind because he's like, but you make sure you take taxes out of, out of that check. <laughs> no, you know, for real. You make sure you do all those things, but you cannot find a birth. They cannot, like he's contacted several different places and like they cannot find a birth certificate on file for him. It's kind of like he just, his birth just doesn't exist, um, I guess. So don't know how those things, I think what he had told me was when he was born, um there was a what they call midwives I think that's what, mm-hmm. what that's called mm. um and um that's how he was delivered in in his home um yeah but the she was supposed to fill out the paperwork but the, the day after he was born she passed away um so that might be the issue I I, I have no idea yeah like that I don't even know because like honestly had it not been for my social worker I don't know how I would have gotten that birth certificate like I don't even, I probably would have to I was born in San Diego I would probably have to like probably physically go to California to try to get it because like I don't even know and then um yeah that's crazy when I was pregnant with my son I was in a maternity home at the time so they did everything for me so girl I don't even know how to get a birth certificate I would have to be on look Alexa how do you get a birth like I don't know <laughs> yeah I could definitely understand like seeing something like that could cause you um abandonment issues rejection um I know that for me in, in my childhood seeing like my cousins um being very well off and my mom being treated like the black sheep of the family um, definitely made me feel less than, made me feel that, you know, as much effort, because I was like an honor roll student mm-hmm. up until high school. Um, and then that's when it all turned for me. And mm-hmm. I just felt like all my efforts were, didn't mean anything. Like mm-hmm. it's not doing anything for me to do well in school. I don't have what everybody else has. Um, and then when my mom and my dad, they had separated um when I think I was in like the fourth grade and I literally became my mother's Mm co-parent and I had responsibilities like oh I have to walk my sister to the bus stop and then walk my brother to the bus stop and then walk my other brother to daycare all before I had to go to school and I I just remember my mom like having like like having boy like having this particular boyfriend and it it 
you know, and it was just like such a trying time that we had. I mean, he wasn't a good guy, but it wasn't such a trying time that we had because I didn't know. I've been doing it for so, you know, that happened in the fourth grade. I think he started coming around in the tw- when I was 12. And I didn't know how to turn off, like, not being an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I didn't know how to not be an adult. I didn't know how to be a kid. And I yeah. think, like, a lot of times what parents don't understand is that when you put your child in these interesting situations, at some point in life, it may cause them to act out. And mm-hmm. honestly, that happened for me in my 20s. Like, mm-hmm. I tried to relive teenage years and go mm-hmm. to parties and stuff like that in my 20s with my child. Yeah. It's um because your childhood was taken away from you. That was way too many responsibilities to be put on you as a child. It's unfair. Yeah. I hate you have to go through that. Girl, life is hard. Yeah. And and did it get like, so when you were going through with, I know you said that you were in a maternity house, like with Mm -hmm. your, with your, when you're pregnant with your son, like, how did you get there? What was that like? So when I was about 13 or 14, my grandmother um, got sick with Alzheimer's. And so it went from her taking care of us to us taking care of her. Um, And she eventually um, was put in a nursing home. So... I was at the house by myself all the time. My uncle had moved in with us, um, but he worked um, like a graveyard shift. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say he was never there, but he was never really there, honestly. Um, so I was always alone. There was no one looking out for me. So um, I that's when I became like sexually active and I got pregnant with my son. And then I remember I got pregnant with my son like around like, it was like December or like January. It was like during the winter months. And we used to be like, uh, we used to live in a small town. And so we had to walk like up this like dirt road to go to the bus stop. And girl, it used to be cold in the morning. It used to be cold and I was pregnant. So I was sleepy and I was hungry all the time. You know how when you used to be pregnant, you used to be yeah. tired all the time. So I was missing school like crazy. Like I just was not going. So like, it was just a lot. And there wasn't nobody that made me go to school. So I just wasn't going. So I got put on probation for like, I think it's called truancy. Like I had yeah. to go like to truancy court um, for missing school. And so I was on probation. And then I remember my uncle had to come to court with me one day. And I think I, me and him never got along back then. And so um, they were like, th- somehow they asked the question, they're like, do you want to live with him? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> and my sister, she was 18 and she had her own apartment. So I'm thinking like, they gonna let me go live with my sister. I'm 16, she 18. The judge is like, no, ma'am. Like that's basically like moving in with your home girl. So um, they were like, okay, well you don't wanna live with your uncle. We're sending you off. And so since I was pregnant, I just I went to a maternity home. I guess if I wasn't pregnant, I would probably went to jail. <laughs> Not jail, but you know, like a juvenile place. But mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, now looking back, I don't even know why they did that to that extreme because. I wasn't bad. I wasn't a bad child. I just was not going to school because I would oversleep. Then I'm looking back. That's just, the system is so messed up. I've never even actually thought about that before. That's actually messed up that they sent me off. Instead of actually looking at the, okay, Miss Miss Kalisha, why are you missing school? They never even asked me. They just looked at you not going to school. You don't live with your uncle. We're sending you away. And that was it. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> bye. So, but... 
me living in a maternity home was actually the best thing that could happen for me. But yeah, that's that's what that that's how that happened. Yeah, I I do agree that like sometimes I feel like uh, the system doesn't think things through, and they just mm-hmm. like are just so by the book and um and in black and white that they don't think about like let me ask some questions to see like what's really going on here instead mm-hmm. of doing things how we normally do it. Let me see what's in the best interest of the child. Now it definitely worked out in your favor, but you know that doesn't mean that everybody's story is the same. Yeah, yeah. Because looking back, I probably should never like. Because like, what if I wasn't pregnant? Y'all just gonna send me away because I'm not going to school instead of like not even realizing that there's nobody in the house. Like I was so used to my grandmother waking me up for school, and then it's I don't know. It's just uh, all that just changed. So yeah, yeah. I I definitely I think for me, um, when I became a teenager, and so we. We moved back to New York when it was time for me to go to high school. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when we moved back to New York, we started living with my aunt and my cousins. And girl, it was <laughs> my aunt and her three kids, my mom and us four in a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> in <laughs> Queens, New York. And it was like my mom and, and my aunt shared a room. And then all of us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we all shared the room. And we're all like one year apart. So of course, like we're going to, this group goes to school with each other, that group goes to school with each other, that group goes to school with each other. And um, when I moved back to New York and I seen the level of freedom, when I seen that like my my cousins didn't have to have the best grades and they were still getting cool clothes and their hair done and their nails done at times. And I was just like, I mean, for me, I was just like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not about to be busting my butt um, <laughs> in school. And they and they can just do whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they're getting like, I'm tired of this. And so it literally started the, it started part one of me like cutting school. I've never cut school before. Cutting school. Um, this, my freshman year, that summer was the first time I've ever been to summer school um and it was just like a a whirlwind of like not feeling like accepted feeling like I'm over it I'm tired of being my mother's Mm co-parent um you know I'm just I'm just tired of so many I'm tired of the pressures of life I just want to be like everybody else I want to do what I see all the other teenagers do um but it didn't work out that way for me. Um, my mother ended up moving back to New York. I, I mean, moving back to Delaware. Before she moved back to Delaware, I ran away from home. Um, and it it really created this, this whirlwind um, and of events um, of me just being out in this world and trying to figure out who I am. Mm-hmm. And people like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this on your journey, but like people showing you sympathy or empathy, but it's like, you feel like it's just because they feel bad for you, but -hmm. it's not genuine. Mm -hmm. And like, I I felt like that too, like during my teenage, teenage years, I got my pregnant with my daughter at 17 and I had her at 18. And, you know, I was, um, um, I was, um, you know, physically abused and mentally abused and emotionally abused by her father 
it was just a lot um yeah that I went through yeah mm-hmm. um if, if you don't mind me asking like what made you run away and like where did you go and what is like how long have you gone I used to always like I'm running away <laughs> so, <laughs> never did but I used to always say I was gonna run away right <laughs> I ran away um when I ran away and with uh, my daughter's father and literally we were just out like he had different friends and we would go spend a night at their houses and stuff like that that you know that had parents that were like laid back or like didn't really check for stuff and um eventually we ended up back at his mother's house uh where his mother allowed me to stay uh for the summer um and she said after the summer was over I would need to go back to Delaware but one of the things why she allowed me to stay the summer is because I found out that I was pregnant Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, um, you know, told me about all my options, you know, and the preferred option that would be best for me. Um, I did decide to, I think at that time I was like maybe three months pregnant. I think I remember being 12 weeks and I got an abortion. Um, and once the summer was over, the, and this is crazy. Once the summer was over, she called like towards the summer was being over. She called my mom. And my mom was like, yeah, you know, send, they call me Cassie. And she was like, send Cassie down. Um, I have a place for her to stay. It's fine, blah, blah. So they send me down um, on a Greyhound. They gave me a couple of dollars. Um, and, you know, they send me on my way. And I get to Delaware. I call my mother. My mother was like, you need to call this person, call that person for a place to live. Because I'm in a shelter that doesn't accept teenagers. Um and if oh, so it your wasn't, mom, when she went back to Delaware, she went to a shelter or that's just where she was at at the time? That's what she told me. I didn't know because I wasn't talking to her. Yeah. So that's what she told me when I got to Delaware and I called her when I got the Greyhound bus, I called her and I said, you know, I'm here. And she was just like, oh, well, you need to go find somewhere to stay. Like you need to call this person, call that person. You need to stay with mm-hmm. them because you can't stay with me because I'm in a shelter that doesn't allow teenagers. And I'm like, okay um, like, so you really didn't have nowhere to go and sis didn't even tell us before we get off the greyhound like no ma'am and um and so I ended up calling my best friend that lives out here and I called her and um I ended up staying at her house for the weekend she got paid on Friday and she gave me the money to get on a greyhound to go back to New York back with the boyfriend yeah his mother yeah. was not happy to see my face <laughs> Um, me again (laughs) she was like what the hell are you doing here um and it wasn't like I was trying to do that it was just simply like I had you know nowhere it is and it's so crazy when you have a really rough and um trying childhood that like people don't really understand like people are not really fond of taking teenagers in yeah I can only imagine what it's like going through the foster care system because like I didn't go through the foster care system, you know, like this was just like hands that were dealt to me, the cards that Mm -hmm. were dealt to me. But like, I feel so bad for people who are in the foster care system. And it's like, I wasn't even in the foster care system. I'm not going to tell you, like people are just not like, oh, I want to take this teenager into my home. Yeah. It's like they almost have like a preconceived idea of what you may be like, like, oh, I don't even want that trouble. And, And, you know, and not even really knowing I can see that. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, that's that's what it was for me. Like, no, like no one was like, oh man, like let me 
you know, you know, eventually um, I ended up, I ended up like bouncing around. So I stayed there with her for a little bit. Then I stayed with my grandmother for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then I uh, stayed at my, um, stayed with my father for a little bit. Then went back to my baby daddy's house and then <laughs> with his parents. And then eventually ended up at my aunt's house before I moved back to Delaware with my mother when her and I reconciled. Um, but those, like, those years, like, um, were very trying. They they were very trying. And how old were you at the time? Were you, like, 16, 17 when all this was happening? Um, no, I was 15. 15, yeah. yeah. And so I can, I bet now, as an adult, I bet stability is something that is, like, non-negotiable for you, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny how those things yeah. shape you. Like, I... Yeah. I like now and I've been in some unstable situations from a teenager into like my 20s um and once I got enough of I was like I can't keep repeating this and I was like I need stable environments and I don't want to deal with any person uh, especially on a romantic level that it, it, it's not stable I can't like I can't it just gives you flashbacks of like oh my god like here, yeah. here we go again and I I don't I I just don't like unstable environments like um with my daughter she's getting ready to be 17 in March and um it's just like I, I always like tell her like don't be in a rush to leave like don't yeah. be in a rush to get out of here yeah. and be an adult like enjoy like I wish I would have been able to enjoy these things mm-hmm. and I wasn't and um and it's like I don't know I don't know if this ever happens to you but it's like trying to give your child the childhood that you always mm-hmm. wanted yeah that's like that's like my biggest um something I wrestle with all the time um I call it my trauma response um because mm, I like that yeah because like for me um stability is like non-negotiable like it's just like I, I, I I'm like no because <laughs> I just I went through so many changes as a child things that were out of my control like things that I had like no control over um and it's like the person that <clears throat> excuse me the person that I created to help me survive like here at 30 years old I'm 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 like sis thank you you helped me so much but I can take over you know I have to let her rest like I can take over now because it's like I don't, you know, like those survival skills that I built up over the years, it's like, I'm having to unlearn a lot of things. It's like, okay, Kalisha, like we're in a different place now. You're an adult. Like everything is like, you're, you're safe. I, to, I literally have to tell myself that you are safe. Um, but like the, the thing, like with me being a mom, I've been a mom since I was 16. And um, I feel like even today, I don't know what it's like to not be a mom. I don't know. I really don't know who Kalisha is outside of being a mom. This is, this is something I'm currently working on, like just trying to find myself because for me, like my trauma response is like, I didn't have a mother. So I didn't have anyone to teach me how to be a mother. My grandmother was really great. Um, but at the end of the day, she wasn't my mom. And so for me, all I knew was I got to do whatever it takes to be the complete opposite of her. So like, I'm, I'm always there for my son, like, you know, a, a quote unquote good mom. Um, but like, but it can, when I say it's to the extreme of the trauma response, because it's like, you're always showing up for Braylon, but you gotta start showing up for yourself, sis. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yes, it's like I, I'm doing I think every I single like thing. Yeah, I'm doing every single thing is to not be like my mom. Um, no, I'm not. Um, but you know, it's just like sometimes I can be a bit extreme. <laughs> but it's a it's a healthy. I don't know. I'm kind of teetering at whether it's healthy or unhealthy. But my son's happy, and that's all I I pray for. Yeah, I think it's like having that. I have something to prove. Like I'm better. Mm-hmm. Than, than this situation and then sometimes we forget about ourselves and I think that there's been several times that I have forgotten about my mental health my emotional mm-hmm. health like my physical health like I have you know I've, I've just forgotten about like Cassandra and losing Cassandra in the process mm-hmm. of trying to be everything for everyone else but not trying to be everything for me and not yeah. realizing that I am my biggest investment mm-hmm. um, and and not really investing in myself. And so I've really, I've, I'm the same. I've been working on ways to invest in me, whether it's mm-hmm. that's taking time to go to the gym, going to therapy, whatever it is, I've been taking time to invest in me because I'm learning that, you know, as, you're, you're, as your kids are getting older and older, eventually they're going to leave the house mm-hmm. and that leaves you you with you and you know I need to like me you know (laughs) and really love me and enjoy me um because eventually you know kids may come later on more children you know a husband and all the stuff like that but right now Mm -hmm. this is what it is and so yeah I think that sometimes 